0: Hello and welcome back to Football Against Home, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined here by my BFFs, Armin and Chadens. How are you? What are you doing? <laughs> wow. Up- <laughs> New intro. Upset.
1: Upset? Why are you upset? Uh, yeah. it's, been like, it's been a few days.
0: We've well, we got a <laughs> <You know>, lot <laughs> we, we we to
1: analyze, Adam.
0: Yeah, we do. We, we have a lot to analyze. Well, the, um, the Armenian national team wrapped up its first camp of the year and left us with. A lot to talk about, a lot of impressions, a lot of do's and don'ts, um, and a lot of concerns. Uh, But first, we have a lot of other things to get through, and we will start domestically, as usual, in the Armenian Premier League. Um, Noah, under their new coach, played the game that was postponed versus Alashkert. uh, And Noah won 1-0. Sorry, wow, I had like a little brain spasm. Uh, What was that? I
2: don't
0: know. Musa Khanian starts again. I thought
2: my internet something happened.
0: (laughs) After injury. And Kardashian was back in the starting 11 as well. Um, I actually watched the highlights of this game and the goal that was scored by Noah, the only goal, had a great cross from Jordi Ararat. Like, oh, oh, like a top class cross with his right foot from the wing. And I'm just, man, like every time he does that for Nova, I'm like, man, he's such a good player. And then every time when he, mm-hmm. for the national team, he just struggles to like move forward. But anyway, we'll get into that. That's a, that's a, that's a later discussion. Um, the current standings in the Armenian Premier League uh, remain unchanged as of now. Autodot to Armenia are still top of the league with 53 points, uh, with Punic in second place, right behind them uh, in 51 points, And Ararat Yerevan rounding out the European top three with 38 points. Alashkert is in fourth place uh, with 31 points and have two games in hand over Ararat Yerevan and are slowly climbing towards that way, unfortunately. And Urardu are behind them on 25 points. Uh, Bekma are still bottom with 10 points, four points behind Noramank and six points behind FC1. Speaking of Van and Noravank, gentlemen, we had the VBET Armenian Cup semi-finals this past weekend. Uh, Chárens, why don't you tell us what happened between Noravank and Ararat Yerevan in the first semi-final?
2: So this was yesterday, uh, as of this recording. Uh, Ararat Yerevan didn't go through. Uh, Noravank beat them with a 2-1 score. Uh, Ararat's steady decline continues uh, as it... Lose to a ten-man Nora side that has only one win in their last five matches. This is what this is what I was uh, um, gonna say last week as well. That the the cup is unexpected, and the fact that there's that European spot for it, the 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 lower teams getting it is is actually uh, something something beneficial um the scorers were rudoselski and basilov uh, for noravank and uegi for arad Yerevan. so their path to the final has been 1-0 versus shirak uh 2-1 as well and versus arad armenia with a 2-1 uh with a 2-1 win basically
0: yeah so noravank um the surprise package of the cup this year, because they're currently sitting yeah. second to bottom on the league with 14 points. They got a red card early in this game and they still somehow came back to win. Um, this match had a lot of set pieces. is
1: there a story?
0: Uh, I wouldn't call it that because they're not pretty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. they, they don't play attractive football like at all. I mean, they play very gritty set piece physical that's their style and they Um, got it and but like you said john and stats the cup you know in the cup you don't it doesn't need to be pretty you just need to win so and it's easier to do that in a one-off game versus Mm. every week in a league right
2: and it's good that they're gonna go to european spot like i said Mm. however if they don't do the build up to that Mm -hmm. uh, in the summer Mm-hmm. And they struggle in Europe. Then, mm-hmm. honestly, we're not really going to get a, a lot of coefficiency points in the UEFA. So exactly,
0: and, th- and those are really important. Um yeah. And and it's a good thing you mentioned that, John, it's because um, now that Ararat Yerevan is out of the cup, um, the the what would have been if Ararat was to win the cup fourth place in the league. Would be the place that would get the European spot uh, because they're currently in oh, yeah. the top three. But now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of the f- the remaining two teams are outside of the top three. So now that fourth place isn't going to get the cup spot. The cup's sp- yeah. uh, the the winner of the cup final is going to get that conference league first round qualifier spot.
2: And the funny thing is, by looking at it, we di- we didn't want that fourth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah this mean, was all us <laughs>
1: And they, they we already know what they would do with the european spot
0: and oh yeah let me tell you folks it it don't work out so well uh, let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves uh because there is a 2nd semifinal that we need to discuss armen with ardu versus van it just wrapped up actually right before we started pressing record uh what happened in that match
1: well you were talking about um not being pretty when it comes to cup ties well Luckily for us and everyone <laughs> at football games is looking pretty when they play and is getting results. They beat Van no less than 3-0. It was a huge dominant win and and it was Jogo Bonito all around. I mean, uh, Urardu philosophy in full motion, baby. I'm I'm so psyched about this game and, and about Uradu making things work. Urardu... I, As I said, they're beginning to show signs of improvement and and, uh, goals came in the second half mostly, but man, it was a whole game for Radu. It was a stellar performance from Artur Miranian, their vice-captain, and of course the team went with him, uh, led by Captain Hagop Hagopian, about whom Adam was mentioning the versatility of Hagops uh there's a lot to analyze on on hago because he was a very complex player i like him very much and he had a great spell at the national team in 2020 but uh hopefully he works on his on his uh physique because that's that's what he needs to improve to be back on national team uh schemes arman hazarian sergey mccachan uh narika there's so many new young players uh from Urartu Academy promoted to, uh, to their first team and they're starting and then and they're winning and they're what yeah. what do you want to see, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's why we're such a big proponent of Urardu, is because they are a um they're a project and they're a project that I think prioritizes the development of domestic talent. They're they definitely not, do. They're not um, von and Noravank, who are just by every foreigner from every fifth or sixth division in Romania, and I don't know what other random country. Um, they are a building an academy. They have a very, they have a good academy, but now they're finally starting to show the fruits of their labor. Um, I, I think it's 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 very. If you take a look at who played in this game for Urardu and you take a look at, you know their their team, it's a bunch of twenty year old kids. I mean, yeah. these are most kids of these that- kids five days ago, as I was telling you
1: guys, five days ago, they were playing Serbia under twenty one and we'll talk about that game, but playing that game and five days later winning and and playing this game like that, like the way they did. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a remarkable and memorable week for these easily. kids, which will leave
0: a mark on them. I think easily, for sure, yeah. easily. So I think it was a um it was a really really good performance, especially in the second half. Uh, it was really nice to see uh, Giro Margarian back on the pitch playing uh, As... at the club level. He came in for Hago Pago beyond, and I was kind of like at first I was a little confused by the substitution. But then I realized Hagopian was playing left back the whole game, and I was like, you know what, like for like switch, uh, except I think Margarian is, in my opinion, a better left back. Uh, but they they bring yeah. different skill sets. I mean, and,
1: exactly. Like, and and how cool is it that you take a captain like Hagop Hagopian out and you bring someone like Girard Margarian in? It's it's I, like it, in the pound for pound, Urato is is stacked, you know?
0: Yeah, and and in terms of you know it just just watching margarian play on the left side you saw his quality in his passing yeah. is is a a very big step above everyone else on that field it's very clear that he is like the the he's the the odd one out i would say in this team because yeah. he's the one that's clearly too good to be playing in this league um
1: but anyway Definitely.
0: Great. He's, he's
1: like easily with a top Fifteen, top ten, league level. Easily, easily. He
0: could, he, If 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 it wasn't such a bad thing to go to Russia right now, he could easily go play in a top five Russian club and yeah, very much
1: fit. Um, the FFA should pull strings and get him into Central or Western Europe ASAP. Like, and they they might even Ukraine was a,
0: even Ukraine pre-war was a bad move for him. Yeah, he could have done better, but anyway, he's back now, and Udaru are in the final. Their path to the final... And we know where our our hopes lie when when it comes to the cup. Yeah, Yeah, Uradu had a bye in the first round. They defeated Alashkert 2-0, and then now they defeated Vaughn 3-0 to get to the final. So both of these teams, Uradu Uradu and Noravank, have scored five goals in their path to the final. uh, But Uradu has actually not conceded a goal yet in the cup, while Noravank has conceded twice. Um, The date of the final is not yet set and we will bring that to you guys obviously and i think it's a game that everyone should watch um and it's going to be a very in probably a very exciting and a high scoring game i would think um but we will probably preview that in a separate episode before that comes out uh, but i think that match is going to be sometime in may if i'm not mistaken moving on to the UEFA U19 elite round. Uh, Armenia po- participated in the second time ever at the highest level of the competition in the world after surviving their qualifying group. Uh, the other time was in 2019 when Armenia actually hosted the U19 Euros uh, and that was actually the first time Armenia had qualified for a competitive tournament. Ottoman um, and Chadens. boys, uh, we knew coming into this elite round, being in a group with Portugal, England and Ireland, Uh, that we were going to be out of our depth. And we said that as long as they take a good learning experience out of this, it's worth it, you know, regardless of the results. Well, we know the results now, Uh, (laughs) and they were taught a lesson. Uh, (laughs) Armenia lost 4-0 in all three of the matches, against Portugal, against England, and against Ireland. Um, Consistent. At least they're consistent, yeah, in <laughs> that in that regards. But a little side but note the, here: the yeah, United, the nature the nature nature
1: of the games were was different. So.
0: And the U19s were arguably missing their two best players, since Diop and Makarchan and Seropian, who were um, very crucial in making the elite round, uh, but were actually playing for the senior side at the time. Um, Armen, you have got to do. The most analysis in the under 19 realm what do you make of their performance in the elite round
1: as i said i i, I think results are not i mean yeah <laughs> every game is decided uh, with results but they're not all that is to a game and and to a project which is u u19 uh as you said a uh these kids were missing their two field leaders uh, in Stevo in defense and Artur Seropian in offense, uh, which we will talk there about their individual performances with the national team uh, at the end of this show. But they were crucial for the previous qualifying row, uh, round. Uh, Armenia is a good side. I think they play good, and and uh, as I said. If you look at their debut against Portugal, uh, they were doing okay for the first half. They kind of lost track of the game right before halftime in a very Armenian way, in very Armenian nature. And they conceded twice over a span of five minutes. It's a very common Armenian mistake when it comes to football psychology and mindset. But these kids are young and they will work on that, uh, I believe. Uh, second game was against the group favorites and the hosts in England, uh, which dominated the game. It was very similar to the game against Norway for the senior national team, but half the goals conceded for us. And arguably there really was no analysis to be made there. Uh, The third game, I would say went slightly worse than expected. i did expect armenia to be competitive in that game and they were but they didn't get the result we wanted they were 2-0 down uh by the end of the game so armenia tried to push forward and then get a result They'd maybe get a goal uh 2-1 or something so they left a lot of empty spaces for counters ireland capitalized because this is a late round and armenia conceded twice again over five minutes and the result is not uh a description of the game uh there's a, a some stuff to look forward to it was a invaluable experience for the kids and and looking at the results if now we are to look at the results actually there were no pretty much no different than the results when we played elite round three years ago which were four nil four nil and four one
0: yeah so i the only difference was that elite round they were able to score one goal, uh, or yeah, rather in the tournament they, stage.
1: They had a full squad.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So. Actually, actually, and 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 if you think about it, this Armenian U19 could have had as well uh, Sergey Gorchkanyan from Rostov, but for some reason he didn't join.
0: Yeah, he was supposed to join the under twenty ones, and he, he didn't, didn't join that either. <laughs> he might have been. He honestly might have been. Injured. Now we just don't know because he's so a youth player. He, he, he
1: played. played the day for Rostov Academy. I, I don't think he even left Rostov. Uh, yeah, he begin. probably
0: didn't. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on to the Armenia under 21 as they continue their uh, UEFA. U21 Euro qualifications. Um, Armenia went to Serbia and had a two-nil loss, where both goals came within five minutes before halftime. Uh, I think this is similarly to what you said, Armen. Um, what we have consistently across the board in our youth national teams is always a lapse in concentration in the last five minutes of each half, and that leads to defeat. Um, a similar thing happened the first time uh, Armenia played Serbia. 21 yeah. It was the U21. It was the same thing. Armenia were competitive, crazy, had a disallowed goal. Uh, we could have gotten mm-hmm. out of there with a with a draw or even a 2-1 win. And then the boys in the last five minutes just completely collapsed. And Serbia just banged in the goals. And that just shows the difference in in, in quality between a country like Serbia and Armenia. And that's just something that... Mentality. Mentality and, you know, physical fitness is is something that we have previously discussed um like nutrition um training regimen yeah. fitness regimen this is it, it's something somewhere that Armenia is working on but you could see a very stark contrast against these other countries
2: there's a demand as yeah. well of the uh of the teams playing so if like a lot of uh, not a lot of the youth isn't playing a lot of games or they don't have competitions going on mm-hmm. then they lack fitness
0: that's how it is and and on the other there's 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 two there's two edges to this to this under 21 camp um or this qualifying as a whole one side is this fitness issue that's been very consistently there the other side have has been in my opinion poor tactical approach by Rafael Nazaryan, the manager. He's playing with a five at the back consistently for Beckma and for the under 21. And mm. it it's it's stifling the creativity of his creative players. You have Mirzoyan, you have Shah Royan, you have a now injured uh, Nadek not a Grigorian who aren't who are having to pick the ball up deep and try to make magic happen every time to score a goal. And that's not a winning formula. Could be, but then again, I,
1: I think that the mentality thing and then losing focus within key uh, moments of the game is way more harmful. Uh, currently, we need to solve that first and foremost, because it's it's way bigger of an issue than a tactical approach. But I do agree, it's it's there. The tactical uh, problems are there too. But as you yeah. mentioned earlier, nutrition and mentality are, are way
0: bigger problems. Yeah, for sure. And on the bright side, though, um, a slew of football games from future stars <laughs> were playing for the under-21s, including uh, Eric Simonian, Mikhail Mirzoyan, Gira Shahoyan, who were in the starting eleven, along with Arman Mercesian and Goal. Yarjanik Kubasarian, who plays in the German fourth tier, was in defense. Um, and this you know, slate of Urardu youngsters that we were just talking about a few minutes ago, um, Arman Hovanesian and Dalin Iskanderian, also Football against Future Stars players, played off the bench after halftime with Urardu star Narek Agasarian incomprehensibly saved for the second half as well i like that that <laughs> the word used there on man uh anthony kazarian who plays in the spanish second tier and artyom gurjan uh of bekma who's a former locomotive academy star defender were unused substitutions on Un, you know i don't know why but they just were armenia under 21 wraps so the up the talent season is there. Yeah, the talents i mean like this is what i'm saying like the talent is there you need a mentality fix and you need in my opinion Mm -hmm. a different tactical approach this this Mm -hmm. is the most in my opinion this is the largest depth of talent pool armenia's under 21 has ever had yet the results are still the same so i don't know they need to figure that one out um, Armenia under-20 run wraps up the season in June when they visit North Macedonia, a place we absolutely hate at this point, uh, and then host France. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's it for the uh, youth national teams, and let's take a look at Armenian players abroad. Uh, let's start in Belgium, Chodens. We have one guy there right now. Uh, how's he doing?
2: Yeah, the notable absentee of. Uh, Sarkis Adamian. He's back from his injury. He played 30 minutes off the bench uh, in a good, solid 3-1 win versus bottom-of-the-table team Birchot Antwerp. Wow, good pronunciation. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm usually good at that, but you never know which one's correct or wrong.
0: (laughs) More closer to home here in the USA, um, also another notable absentee from the national team, Lucas Zalayan, was awarded the MLS Player of the Month for March after scoring four goals and assisting two uh, over four games played. He um, received an injury in the last few minutes of the last game the crew played before the international break, um, but he... Played a full match yesterday, and he is clearly uh, well in fit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chodent, your neck of the woods, Cyprus, what's going on there?
2: Yeah, a big victory yesterday. At the Armenian training, everyone was, like, going crazy how this actually happened. Um, Anorthos is... Well, crushed, I'll actually say this word, crushed Abuel 4-1. Hovane uh, Sampartsumyan, after recovering from COVID, he, he played for 60 minutes. So he kept the clean sheet because the goal uh, came in at the 90th minute. Uh, Anorthosi yep. now is sitting third and they're making it to the European playoffs. Plus, uh, I don't know when this episode will come out, but on Wednesday, uh, they play in the quarterfinals, the second leg again against Aboel. So, uh, it should come out
1: right yeah. by the time they play. So, if you're in the audience, make sure to find out how Apoel did. Uh, Anorthosis, sorry, again.
0: Yeah, Apoel. Currently, Apollon, Limassol and, and Aris are playing right now. And they're yeah. drawing 1-1. Uh, so, as of now, with that score, Anorthorsi is down in fourth place with 43 points. Only one point behind Apoel and, it's really close, uh, and yeah. Aris. It's very close. And I think there's only... What one game left? Challenges in the season.
2: Uh, one or two.
0: Uh, yeah, I think oh, one three. or two. Man, yeah, I love the Cypriot League. Oh, even better. Uh, uh, an play Apoel in the cup on in a few days. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I was. Yeah, that's the one I was referring to
2: because they played. They play a few games. They played three or four times in the past, like two months or something. So. Yeah, and then. Man. And then
1: we need more Armenians there. I mean, it's it's the sensible step for Armenian
2: players out of the IPO. I agree. Yeah, so I two mean, games, two games. And, yeah, it's also uh, them using it. It's kind of the same. It's a similar mentality to Armenia, yeah,
0: really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know foreign why, players why they, don't, I mean, why they don't make the most of it. I mean, look at the top two teams in Cyprus qualify for Champions League. Third and fourth place qualify for Europa Conference League.
2: Okay, never I mean, mind. Then that's good. That's
0: really <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah. I mean, look, bro, uh, FFA, if you're
1: listening to us, Urdu, uh, anyone, <laughs> anyone <laughs> listening to us, uh, here's how it how it is. Cyprus is a good league. It's better than the APL, but not that much better. So the leap from the APL to Cyprus for an Armenian player that is a little too good for the APL would be sensible. Would make sense. Hey, that, that, that's first and foremost. Second, as you Adam said. Uh, Cypriot leagues uh, the teams play european cups on a yearly basis it's like at least one it's going to make group stages and you know this uh, mm-hmm. so there there's exposition there there's the exposure there's a, attention for armenian players to to showcase their talents um geopolitically it makes sense uh cyprus is like the closest country to armenia when it comes to geopolitics uh there is no reason why there shouldn't be more Armenians there,
2: yeah it's, it's just, I mean, write that down write that down <laughs> it doesn't it it's doesn't, very simple it doesn't i mean it, e- even even there's a player even from omonia uh, who signed in casa city
0: even think about it if you're if you are it's a
1: good transition league too, yeah.
0: Whoever is going to make Champions League, whether it's Apollon or Apoel or Aries or Anotorsi, whichever one does it, or even whoever, anyone in these top four teams right now in Cyprus, if they sign, for example, Giorgi Margaryan, that's a really good step for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's he's going to be playing Europe. That's where what we that's where we yeah, want to see a player of his caliber. It's a win-win. Yeah, it is. I don't know, man. Some of the stuff I just don't.
1: It's understand. a win-win because our Armenian players for European markets are very cheap. And as you said, Ajir and is actually even too good for the Cypriot League too. But it's a little more demanding than the APL, so
0: it's going to be a win-win for yeah. everyone involved. It like is. It, it, it's clear that Cyprus benefited from the success of a single club. I mean, Apoel was making Definitely. Champions League for like two or three seasons straight, and that helped their coefficient dramatically and it improved the entire league. Now this is this is a similar thing that I'm hoping either Armenia or Punic do, you know, in in the next season. I really am. I'm hoping that one of these two teams, who I feel are more than good enough to be playing in Europa League, make the the actual Europa League play well, mm. raise Armenia's coefficient, so we could start competing with a, a you know in a league with a country like Cyprus, uh, at least and in terms if you, of at if least you in terms of. Back, in in retrospect, if you look at the
1: APL table, there's a team like Noah, which we mention often. They are class like they're really good, even conference league uh, good. Mm-hmm. And they're getting they're 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 not going to make Europe. I mean, it's almost guaranteed by now that they're not making Europe. The APL is like good if a team like Noah doesn't make Europe, you know?
0: Yeah. And um, actually, Chadens linked this player right here. He's a Cypriot player, Marinos Tsionis, 20-year-old winger who just got acquired uh, by Sporting Kansas City in the MLS from Omonia, Nicosia. So clearly, there are scouts constantly looking at Cyprus. Um, we're just throwing all these ideas yeah. out there. Whether or not someone listens to us is a, is a, is a whole other story. Um, Elsewhere in Spain... Uh, Armenian national team captain Haroyan is recovering from arm surgery he had a double fracture in his arm after a tackle in the Norway game Ouch. Uh, and with less than two months until a Nations League Division B uh, it remains unclear how long it will take captain Vato to fully recover we wish him a speedy recovery and our fingers are crossed that he makes it in time uh, mm-hmm. now with injuries it's I did my like usual usual little google searching and apparently post-surgery recovery uh for arm fractures are uh, between six to 12 weeks
2: uh, oh, in boy. time
0: for healing which means there is uh a hundred percent chance that harold's club season is over and yeah there definitely. is and it's probably moving out and he's, yeah, mm. he's probably moving out of there and it, there is mm. a good chance that he will miss the nation's league there is nine yeah. weeks until the match against scotland um and for athletes of course athletes do recover quicker um so we think it's very likely um that in nine weeks they'll probably be back in training but i don't know it just what about remains.
1: luck of the irish
0: yeah and we're just going from one we're just uh, we're like a freaking hospital ward over here because we're just moving from one injured player to another uh, <laughs> football game from future star Nadek is still injured um it's not looking good for him in terms of his loan move to uh, Yagi uh, But on the bright side, though, if Urardu do win the cup and he just returns to Urardu, he'll probably be helping them out in Europe. So, I mean, I guess that works out. <laughs> silver lining, baby. Sil- silver lining. Speaking of silver linings, uh, why don't you tell us about the nice silver lining that's going on in Finland? Amin? Oh,
1: that, that transition game. Right on. Bravo.
0: <laughs> I've been working on it.
1: Yeah, for Paul Gentron guest and buddy, but, but, Felix Ferahian, Felix, is fully recovered finally from a lower back injury and is back on the team sheet right on time for the Finnish League, Kausliga big, big or something like that, for the kickoff the, of the league. Uh, of course, he has UEFA Europa League legend by now, champion and multi-champion, Beto uh, from Portugal, starting over him, ahead of him. Um thing is, that I think that's exactly a great opportunity for him, for Felix, to share locker rooms with the, basically who is by now a Portuguese legend and learn from him, of course. Uh, I think, Adam, you told me yesterday the, the result. We were talking about it. Uh, they were winning and <laughs> considered twice and then lost the game 2-0. Could it be? I mean, Beto conceding twice right before the final whistle could only benefit Felix's uh, cause uh, for Hoyfko. Um Hojefko is actually going to be playing a lot this month, and I mean a lot. And then with Beto conceding twice uh, right before the final whistle, one could say it's Felix's time to shine.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, Felix is actually the only Hoeffel goalkeeper so far this season that has not conceded a goal, so Ooh, <laughs> it's, it's with his favor. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm fairly confident. Um, just given that we know that he was um, that he would have started had his back injury not had recurred, um, mm. it gives me I'm confident that Felix is going to get his opportunity very soon. And I'm double confident that he is going to take it. So it's it's going to be a waiting game. Like you said, HoFG are playing a lot. Beto clearly isn't doing that well. Their other goalkeeper they have is not that good. Um, and they clearly favor Felix. So
1: yeah, in terms of class, he's definitely the, 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 the fit to start. Like he's set to be the starter. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if health uh, works with him, hopefully, knock on wood.
0: Yeah. Um going on to Italy a retired national team old guy Henrik has <laughs> scored the lone goal in Roma's 1-0 win over Sampdoria. Uh, I'm calling it a win but there's still a few seconds left in this match so anything can realistically happen. Um, <laughs> Sampdoria l- needs, Yeah, yeah.
1: Sampdoria that's often linked to Armenian players. Seems like they need someone someone
0: uh, I wouldn't want or someone <clears throat> someone going to <clears throat> Sampdoria. <right>. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Roma, Roma
1: I, I, know, I know Theo is a very staunch Sampdoria fan, actually. Well, Theo is also
0: fan. an Olympic Marseille fan who are also linked to this player, but uh, we'll, get, to this we'll get there later. Someone, someone. All right. Uh, Roma are currently sitting in uh, fifth place on the table, which is the only Europa League spot, uh, on 54 points, five points behind a Juventus that is yet to play their 31st game. Um, Roma is also, coincidentally, uh the one of the actually the only club that has an armenian player still in European competition as they will be playing Bodo glint in the conference league quarterfinals uh so we'll look out for Henrik over there It's kind of important that they do because if if they do win that means Henrik is going to be playing Europa League next season if he stays uh which we don't know where he's going but anyway Moving on to the country that I don't like even more now, Russia. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, look, I'm being honest. After a big fight that was made uh, public in the Russian media between Armenian winger David Davidian and club owner Tufan Sagadov, uh, both Davidian and Koryan, who is currently on loan on, at the Division Two side Orenburg, who's, who's top of the table, um, might be leaving the club over the next transfer window. Apparently, uh, David has complained that he has been discriminated against on a racial basis with uh, Sadegov's family being of Azeri origin and primary influence in the Russian world, as they are among one of the shareholders of Gazprom, the Russian gas agency. Um, This has led to Davidan being frozen out of the squad, despite, as we reported shining very brightly over the winter break friendly games and uh, generally having good performances when he's on the pitch for them. Um, We'll, we'll, of course, uh, report on this as it continues to develop. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, if you are Armenian and you are currently in Russia, just get out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought that something like this would have happened.
0: I'm not surprised. I mean, look at the place. The place is very... This might be my Western um, American lens, but I mean, no, it's, no. A, it's a pretty they're corrupt weird. country. So. They're, they're, they're strange folk. I agree. Yep. <laughs> I'm not putting anything past them. Um, elsewhere, Arthur Galongan had a brace versus FC Rotor, uh, who played in the RPL not too long ago. And I don't know when this kid is just gonna finally put on the national team shirt, but it can't come soon enough. Um, and most importantly, Arnuk
1: and and Sarkisian with him.
0: Yeah, who's,
1: both of them are young and awesome. They need to get the fuck up.
0: Young Armenian players. Uh, and speaking of young Armenian players in Russia, uh, the fight for Eduard Spetsian continues. Giants from all over Western Europe have been reportedly pushing for who is undoubtedly Armenia's gem. Um, there are a lot of clubs that have now since been named uh, to be interested in our young talisman. I'm gonna read off some of the names now. In France, we have Olympique de Marseille, Saint Etienne and Brest, where of course, Michel Der is the manager. In Italy, it is reported that Atalanta and Sampdoria are interested. Uh, in Spain, it is reported that Valencia is one of the interested clubs, Cologne in Germany, Bale in Switzerland, and Anderlecht in Belgium. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Bale uh, in, in French is basically Basel. Oh. oh, that's
0: yeah, huge. That,
1: that. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, the that name is very important. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people wouldn't like him going to Anderlecht or Basel, Uh but as I usually say, those two clubs are academy specialists and mm-hmm, specialists mm-hmm. when it comes Markets. to under 20, yeah, under 23 players, which mm-hmm. Edo is as of now. So if he moves there, he has two years of working with some of the best specialists when it comes to uh, youth development and uh, football in the whole world. Yeah. So that gives him like two years and then it's, Onto a world giant like no uh scales no, no, no middle point uh, I mean per- no. it would be a great move too
0: challenge what are your
2: thoughts well personally uh I believe that it's better for him to pick the system that fits him and needs him the most mm-hmm. so if they're looking for his type of player it's better to go to that team doesn't matter what prestige it is because any of these listed teams is a proper team whatever makes his uh, surroundings good for him it will help yeah. him further develop and when mm-hmm. he further develops that's when he will do his best and go to a more prestigious club because if he directly goes to a high prestigious club exactly he, he might get all like those uh, you know Marseille. subs uh, becoming just a sub making small impact there's mm-hmm. a manager who believes that, uh, okay, I've got a um, cheap wage, yeah. let's say. I don't know. There's many things to football. So, well, simply I, put, I, that's I what would, I
1: believe. I agree. I, I would outright uh, cross, the if I were him, of course, and his dad, was his agent, uh, I would downright uh, cross out of the list the possibility of going to Marseille, to uh, Valencia, and Atalanta. Which are mm. the three highest-profile clubs right now? Other if than you, those clubs, the the others, the like the 8 top uh, top-notch clubs would make the most of him.
0: That's true. Uh, I mean, if we're looking at the French, league, if we're looking at the French clubs, um, where is is a league that I think he would do fantastic at. Unless he is, unless he's guaranteed play time, I mm. wouldn't sign for Marseille. I mean, looking at who they have, he, it, it's looking like, is going to be a direct r- successor to Dimitri Payet, who is currently 35 years old. Um, if that's the route that Marseille are planning on going, uh, of course, uh, building a team around...
2: Makes sense. But, somewhat. Yeah, but
0: I don't but think Marseille's that's likely. But
2: Marseille's
1: too big. Yep. It's not likely. Um, it's, elsewhere, it, Marseille's though, the whole world. You know, uh, the, those clubs are very controversial. If you don't perform, well, well, we have Balikian as a prime example of what happens.
0: Exactly. Um, Elsewhere, though, we have Brest, who is managed by Armenian Michel Der Zakarian, who I think is a place that would fit him very well. However, I do think it would be more beneficial to a player like Edo to go to a club in a slightly lower league that has more stature like Anderlecht like Basel. Um mm-hmm. because if you're playing consistently for a mid table French club, that's great, that's good. But if you're if you're a player of his caliber, it's better for you to play at an Anderlecht or at Basel and be playing in European competition.
1: Yeah and, and week- as
0: I said, those two clubs, their
1: development programs, they feed the best clubs in the world. Like, they would, ju- he would jump ahead of the clubs like Saptoria, San uh, Brest, and Corn. Exactly. Like those clubs currently interested in him, he would jump over them.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, the, uh, like we said, we're just going to monitor it. It's still very early on. We don't know where he's going to go. Uh, but we'll see. And speaking of seeing, um, we're going to be moving on to our final segment in today's episode, and what's probably going to be a bulk of this Speaking episode of Edos, is Arminia's national team's friendly camp uh, over this past week, uh, which was a home game against Montenegro and away to Norway. Um, there is a lot to discuss here. There's a lot to dissect, and I think we need to be a little organized on how we approach this <laughs> this topic, or else we're just going to be yeah, please, going, like our going defense crazy against Norway. <laughs> men, let's first talk about the game against Montenegro. Um, walk us through the game plan a little bit. Uh,
1: more of the same like that we have been seeing over the last semester, the second semester of 2021 I'm talking about. Uh, I, I it's a game plan that I don't I personally don't like and I see it as uh, the FFA and, and, and Caparros, in all of their wisdom and, and, and in all of their achievements together, they're kind of trying to impose something on us that I don't think fits us. An entirely, I'm talking about an entirely ball-playing uh, 4-4-2 formation, uh, no defensive midfielder, and I go crazy about this uh, because defense is a key aspect of the damn game uh so you have both players and and creative players creating of course makes sense but you have creative players in offense in in an attack as strikers and you have creative players in defense of the defensive mid it's like i don't know man it's like uh i was thinking about this analogy uh it's like having a business a big business and and having lawyers like yourself Aram. <laughs> no offense uh, i'm not but thank bear, you bear bear with me it's like well, it's like having lawyers uh at the law department which is what's called for but having lawyers at the sales department as well and having lawyers at uh other departments like uh numbers and marketing having hiring lawyers
0: for marketing lawyers think, all around i think it's, i think Okay. I guess sorry to cut you off. I I, here I think I can I think I can make your analogy a little more accurate. It's like hiring (laughs) a small law firm for a personal injury lawsuit against someone else, and then it's like doing the hiring that same small law firm against for something else. A multi-billion dollar corporation who's gonna demolish you. That's that's and and, and it doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: It's, It's it's trying to impose something it's like uh, the bad girls' uh, uh, movie, the with Lindsay Lohan. You know, it's when when uh, Rachel McAdams say it said, "Don't try to make fetch happen. It's not gonna happen. Well, don't try to make playing with no defensive mid happen, because we're like, when you, when you're bound to play with a Nations League B like we are. We're gonna get crushed.
0: Yeah, oh, here's like, another analogy. I mean, here's another analogy. You know, like on those on those toy sets, go right? For it. You have those toy yeah. uh, those toy building sets that, that you give kids with the little hammers and whatnot and the little nails, the little plastic hammers and nails. It's like it's like giving it's like having that plastic hammer and hitting the plastic nail, right, into the thing. It works, right? That's what it's for. You have the plastic yeah, hammer, you hit the exactly. plastic nail, it's a toy. And now it's like getting that plastic hammer and trying to nail in an actual nail into the wall. Yeah. That's what they were trying yeah, to or, do. Yeah,
1: or or since you're talking about kids toys you have the one that has little uh pieces with a square the triangle and the circle and mm-hmm. you put the square with the square good it's where it fits you take the square out and you put it in the triangle and you try to make it fit in the triangle it doesn't fit it doesn't fit in. yeah it doesn't
0: uh, it's all... and, and
1: and and it's not like this is a new problem you know uh I literally over the spaces we did last semester remember uh the good times when we thought we had some hope uh <laughs> I was mentioning over and over again going a- around it why don't we call up Kareem Muradian and the sub uh, like I, why don't we call uh, defensive mids and it, it, we didn't
0: even call one again from the I, line I don't- I don't know how worth it how worth it it is for us to discuss this further, because we literally spent all of last episode looking at the roster and saying, why is there no defensive midfielders? And it's crazy because he literally just did not play them. It's like it blows my mind. It's like you had one defensive midfielder like and you were getting absolutely obliterated. And he doesn't even bring him on. It's like, dude, like, yeah. what the, What are you doing? <laughs> the,
1: the one time, yeah, the, the one time the Lion King was fit, and he doesn't
0: get on. Not that I think he's good. Not that I think he's good enough to stop Norway. I don't he think would he like, is. But 9-0 would like have been 6-0. Like difference, yeah. A 5, five four. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, uh, man, and it's not like we didn't warn everyone. Like, we spent literally the the whole last semester warning on our Twitter, on our social media accounts, on our spaces, over and over, call a defensive mid. And what happened in September? We fucking drew to Iceland and Liechtenstein, call a mm-hmm. defensive mid. In October, mm-hmm. we, I don't even remember who we played, but we got obliterated <laughs> once. <laughs> I think it was a... I think it was the, the draw against North Macedonia, pale, awful, ugly game in, in Skopje And then we lost... The draw away...
0: No, no the we lost it win? 1-0 in
1: yeah. Bucharest. Yeah. Uh, again, we played awful that kind. I mean, Romania scored only once because they were not that much better than us. But if we played the way we knew it, we can play with the the, the balanced team and a defensive mid organizing defense the whole semester was been different and we would be the ones in the final four instead of macedonia regardless Mm -hmm. that macedonia didn't qualify for the world cup but they made it to, to they even beat italy come on
0: yeah so it's 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 something that we've harped over for well over a year now um that and and it's something that we've 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 noted on several occasions during the Nations League campaign success during the first three matches in, in World Cup qualifiers, and, and it's and it's a little like puzzling to me that you have a player like like Muradian, you have a you, Hakopakopian who were crucial, I would say, in rotation mm-hmm. during our successful runs, and now that these players, I mean, especially Muradian, I think he's one that I really want to hone in on as as a central midfielder um yeah, he's, who he's has the a very good work is, rate. he's our first string. he should be And he's arguably playing the best football of his career right now on a on the most dominant Definitely. team one of the most dominant teams we've ever seen in Armenian football history and he's not mm-hmm. any just not even getting called up anymore it's 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 like the lack of sense being made here is is incredible i mean it
1: we yeah, have and 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 it's something it's i want to highlight this it's something that can be done you know it's not mm-hmm. like we're not good it's not like we don't have good players so okay uh, i understand you do what you can no it can be done because it has been done it, we have been
0: consistently good mm-hmm. for a year i would yeah. say even and um and it's not just people and, and i don't want people to get the wrong impression that we're thinking playing a defensive midfielder was going to change the game completely because no, as, exactly. as you had mentioned there there are two aspects to a game there's your personnel and then there is your tactical approach and against montenegro the tactical approach was awful yeah against montenegro i wouldn't say the tactical it approach can, was awful i would say it, it was can okay.
1: work against montenegro it can work uh, against it's like ireland
0: it can work against montenegro yeah. it can work against ireland
1: but you and it can also backfire against those by the way i mean not not because it worked once it doesn't mean that it's gonna work every time also uh, exactly. bear that in mind too
0: but but here's the thing like i think uh, one of the major points of contention that you had made was playing spare sound at central midfield and and it's i said waste i had mentioned that i think it was on like the 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 this was the reddit live that we did um that I understand playing him at central midfield against a team like Montenegro. Yeah. To me, that makes yeah. sense because the amount Slightly. of the amount of um, the issue with a lot of our central midfielders is that uh, that we have previously used is their their passing isn't the best. And having one of our best passers, if not our best passer, being the link between defense and attack makes a difference. Having someone that is as composed on the ball as he is, and alongside Udo, who is also like one of the most composed players I think I've ever seen where the national team is.
1: Yeah. he's a great passer. It uh, makes see, sense. That's the thing. He is the creative defensive mid. Uh, that yeah, or central mid. That he should be the one. Uh, and, uh, that's Udo's profile. Like, why do we have to have two Udos?
0: But again, but again, uh, against it's... a team against a team where you where you want the ball. It, that makes sense yeah but now but if we look at the second match where you have these seven yeah, foot yeah. two norwegian like behemoths Goliath giants we are not
1: gonna have the ball and
0: and, and you have a little specdown who's scrawny trying to jump up and win a header against the guy <laughs> that's two feet taller than him and getting bodied off the ball like he's a toddler uh by by Erling Holland one of the best strikers in the world that's Ambitious. not gonna work yeah Yeah, you're wasting him there. That's when I I, think it's a waste.
1: You need someone to go for the legs, and and in a smart way, not like we did. That's another big issue that I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here, but you need someone who's smart when it comes to tackling. I
0: mean, a good tackler. Well, okay. Well, we can we can actually discuss that right now. I think I think that's a good time um to discuss the red card. We. Okay. It it's not Okay. I'm I'm trying to try to find a way to I'm trying to find <laughs> the, the right the right way to explain this. So there the no card, right part it it's very uh, clear and it's very obvious that going down to ten men in the seventeenth minute of a game Yeah it's gonna is never ever gonna be easy. Yeah. Now we have seen a lot of smaller nations we have mm-hmm. seen a lot of club teams go down to 10 men very early lose games get steamrolled mm-hmm. but they lose 5-0 6-0 now that's acceptable going down to 10 men and losing 9-0 that's not acceptable and, that's just not
1: yeah definitely and and you know what um i noticed like right off the bat right after the 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 kickoff that we were just not there i mean First and foremost, the game plan sucks, and and the game plan sucked, and mm-hmm. it's gonna suck against teams like Ukraine and Scotland. Um, so that's the first problem. But then there's a, there was a visible, clear, transparent, very uh, savagely obvious lack of focus within the team. Uh, the way we went for the marks, it's like. Uh, actually, Norwegian media pointed it out constantly, took up to, to us, to everyone within their own hubs and forums. Uh, it's like Armin, they, they, they rightfully saw that Armenia kind of stepped onto the pitch with the, simply, the simple intention of injuring the Norwegians, not even just Holland. It's like Norwegian that we saw with the ball, Norwegian that we went to tackle from behind, uh, dirty like uh, straight for the legs, not even with the intention of winning back the ball. Uh, and as I mentioned, we were violent. We, I have to agree with the Norwegian media. I mean, I, I don't want to. caparos disagreed, but I don't agree with that. I mean, I think we were uh, foul playing and and.
0: It no, they, there us. was targeting it doesn't suit the, us. There was targeting. It was it was very obvious. It was you players don't constantly go after a, a player's ankle like that without being told to do so. That's just Exactly. It doesn't happen.
1: I mean and and I don't I don't understand why. You know, it's, it was a friendly window and we were supposed. To, uh, even if you, you want to impose a shitty, I'm sorry for the word, but if you, even if we want to, you want to impose a shitty game plan with no defense, admit. You can still try to play within the rules and, and try to have some sort of tactical approach.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, again, it's the red card. I think just it it it, it threw everything it out gonna,
1: the
0: window. It threw the and, whole thing out the window. It was like there was no point in even uh, playing anymore. And as
1: I said, if it's not Arman, it would have been Horik in the literally in the next play after that one. Uh, Ref was feeling generous, he only booked by Damian, but we're always gonna be down a man, if not two. It doesn't make sense,
0: yeah. There is, it's just, it, there were, I mean, I don't, I don't want to look too deeply into this result because. There, there is a degree of yeah. being shell-shocked that leads to these types of poor results. Um, because after you, after the team concedes a certain number of goals and within a few minutes of each other, I think it was in the 30th to 40th minute, they conceded four goals or something. Yeah. When, you, when you concede that many goals in a short period of time, the players just shut off. They just don't. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, you're not going to recover from that. And when you're also down a man and you have as weak of a mentality as our national team does it's not it's never going to end well and and that's why I don't want to look into it too deeply yeah, but my concern just didn't is, make sense but my concern is if we go and get a red card against Ukraine or against Scotland my fear is that What's it's going to be this whole PTSD situation which is what happens to Yurchenko, <laughs> and it's going to be the worse. Whole team shuts down <laughs> It's gonna,
2: yeah, it's, gonna as well. it's gonna escalate It's gonna escalate when we're we're gonna be there at the UEFA Nations League. There's gonna be pon- points on the line. There's gonna be games on the line. There's gonna be players on the line. Mm-hmm. If you get a yeah, red it's, card, it's, it's hat, you man. miss a player, and you miss a player, you you minus one from the whole squad, and it affects yeah. everyone. It's it's it it's, ha- um, literally
1: happened last semester. An eleven men Armenia lost five nil. Against
0: Macedonia. Yeah, imagine if they were down to ten men, and during that game. I mean, it, 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 will, can't it will go it further. It cannot
1: happen again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, the nine would shouldn't have happened again, and we're saying the other nine wasn't even again because the other one had at least one goal margin. The, that, the, the, exactly. This one is just horrible.
0: So and, yeah. And I think that this, this took away from the opportunity of certain players to be able to showcase their abilities. For example, mm-hmm. we have Harutunian, who we who is playing really well for Punic, had a very small cameo against Montenegro. played like five minutes and uh, came on uh, what, after 40 minutes, 30 minutes in this game uh, against Norway after Bichakjan, uh hmm. Sperzjan. Yeah,
1: when
0: the whole, off, uh, that whole infamous show happened. Yeah, and he didn't get to showcase his abilities because the team was just being steamrolled left, right, and center. We have Steopan. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about Steopan for a minute because he played Stiope. really well against Montenegro. He got too, He got sent off. Yes, but he was amazing. Real, realistically, he played really good. And again, he he was amazing. Yeah, he I mean, was both at, both yellow cards were, were kind of unfair. It was amazing. And and then I w- and then looking at this game against Norway, he was the only player that was able to clear the freaking ball.
2: It was mm-hmm. crazy.
0: Like his issue, uh sure was great to have him.
2: We saw a lot of him. But it was the other uh if we can move to that, I don't know if if it's a separate but it's uh, it's a separate point, but it's my point. Um the fact that he I didn't I didn't I hadn't noticed this. For the audience, just so they know. I hadn't noticed that they could have been going to the elite round. Um, This, Mm -hmm. I disagree with it because, of course, I don't have experience and such. But (laughs) I disagree with it because it's better for that player to be playing somewhere where he can get the most of it Rather than somewhere where it's new and there's not there's not a uh, there's not a end result. The only end result is, oh nice, we have a Cyprian Magidchen coming up in a few yeah. years or next year or whenever. Yeah. But that that doesn't that doesn't matter. U19, if he was there, who I you guys can correct me on this, he was one of the players to yeah. get. Armenia, two of yeah, these
1: actually from. him and Seropian. See, and, and, and it's Seropian. Even more straight
0: Seropian was on the bench most of the time. It's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, Seropian calling him
1: was was, was uh, a pity. It was stupid. I mean. Uh, yeah, when it comes to Stiopa, I'm kind of, uh, I have mixed feelings about the decision of him going to senior national team. I mean, from his point of view, I, I listened to his uh, statements and the pressure and everything. Uh, and I have to agree with Stiopa because he said senior national team goes uh, above everything else. And it's kind of he himself had a mixed feeling because he was the captain of the U19 and, and it's his team that he kind of feels a little bad for leaving behind. But on the other hand, there's the counter that senior national team is senior national team, and there's literally no higher honor. So I have to agree with Ciopa. But calling him up, so uh, from Cap's point of view, uh, I don't disagree like you are, like entirely disagree, because, I have more kind of like mixed feelings because there there would have been pros and cons from Stiopa going to either elite round with the United or uh, getting into the national the senior
0: national team. There are Look, pros and cons to both. I think I think it's I think it I think it's a good omen that he played he got to play 180 minutes and get that under his belt for the senior national team. Uh, I yeah, think that was exactly. A, but it was but, def, a definite. Stand out
1: like a clear stand for me, but but the issue was how I would how say much, the
0: best news from this entire friendly camp. I, I agree, but the, but the thing is, how much can you how much positivity can you expect a player like him at his age to get from playing 90 minutes in what what is now historically the worst ever defeat of a national team by of army in a national team? Uh, I mean that's not
1: go- how it's going to go down in history i mean uh well, you you think it's going to be the
0: worst game <laughs> no 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 no
1: i'm i'm saying i'm Please saying don't. like it's i'm <laughs> what i'm saying is like that's not what what is going to be remembered about uh, stiopas first national team camp uh, on the one hand because we both, we all know that it's going to be his debut with a clean sheet against Montenegro and one of the best on the pitch, in my opinion, from our side. Mm -hmm. Uh, A, there's that from stupid point of view. And then second, everyone else was playing at that game. And then, in fact, I, uh, you all know that I am mostly about watching individual players and, 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 assessing their skills and stuff. But this time, I don't think individual performances was the problem against Norway. I think there was a very clear, deeper problem that was the game plan, and Stiopa is nowhere nearly to be blamed for this. Neither is, yeah. by the way, neither is uh, Arman Hovannisian that got sent off. Uh, he's kind of being used as a scapegoat. When they but he did, but you got to admit,
0: though, his, his tackle was it, horrible. It was
1: awful. It was awful. It,
0: but as I said, it, that's an not individual shifting, mistake. Yeah, that is an individual. Sh- it, it, kind it's stacked, of, I mean, it's stacked on top. You have a you have a shitty game plan. You have awful tactics, exactly. and then on top of it, you go down to ten men because of an individual mistake. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, to be fair
1: with Armand, not to shift the blame off him, and it was kind of an individual mistake, and it was an awful tackle and everything. But when on the tackle on that in a specific uh, moment of the game, uh, there was a three-man mark on Holland, and neither of those three could take him down. And as you said, it was targeted. the the, the From the sidelines, the clear order was take him down, doesn't matter how, and take everyone else down as well. That mm. was a clear order that we all saw. I agree, and. Um, I think that if it wasn't Arman, it it was going to be Horik. It was, if it wasn't Horik, it would have been someone else. Uh, I think it was destined to go that, this way for some reason mm-hmm. because of the game plan. So yeah, I don't think Stiopa will remember this, uh, that like the main moment, the main takeaway for Stiopa is not going to be the Norway game. I can assure you this, especially mm. knowing his
0: mindset. Now do you think if you're that's if why you're, I'm saying if is you're super ready. If you're Kaparos, you have mm-hmm. your center backs. You you have four games that you're gonna have to play in a span of ten days in June. You have Haroyan who is questionable, you have Andre Calcier who is a uh, injury, injury prone. How likely do you think it is that Sioppa one gets called up and two plays? That one is coming.
1: Uh, oh, <laughs> you had to go there. I I knew I was forgetting something. Man, I w- we were so happy. But yeah, I, now that you now that Chávez mentions it, I don't know how likely it is that he w- will even be called up. Um, if Vato doesn't make it. I think it's very likely, like 95% likely, that Stuba will be the one chosen as the third as a third CB. Well, well he's yeah. gonna
0: he's gonna have to call up four. You're playing four games okay. in in ten days. He's gonna There's call U up 21
2: four as well, but he's not gonna go but, there.
0: But yeah. but then so, again, yeah,
1: uh, regardless staff, or you not,
0: like, you know. Uh,
1: well, okay. First, I will quickly answer this one. Okay, sure. Vato, of course, if healthy. Andre oh Childish, of course, if healthy again, uh, third against all of our wills and desires and wishes. Of course, we know Daron is coming, sadly, mm-hmm. but he is. Uh, I think he's going to recover in time for that. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Stehoffa
0: becomes that fourth? That's yeah, the main
2: question.
1: I would reckon. I would reckon he is.
2: Uh, yeah, logically, okay. he's not gonna get called up for the U twenty one, so probably he's gonna come there.
1: Yeah, I mean look it's well, that. yeah. He's, he's, he was he showed to be at even Andre Chalishi level. Like he showed to be at, in my opinion, very clearly with a top fifteen league level. You, like you, super ready. I mean if if you take I, a look I, at our I'm super you, surprised.
0: If you take a look at our schedule and you see that, okay, our first game is is away to Scotland, you reckon that's a game you want to see Haroyan and Charles Sir play, right? You want your best duo there. A few days later, mm-hmm. we we are home to Republic of Ireland, which is arguably the most important game. Yeah. Those doubleheader against Ireland, well, that's the most important.
1: There you go. I, I don't know how I, I would even... I would risk uh, saving... Haroyan and Chalisher for Ireland and playing Haroyan and Stiopa against Scotland. Why? Uh, and I'm not even going to get into the bigger thing that I want to get into the bigger point later on. Strictly when it comes to the defensive line, I would play in the kickoff, the first game against Scotland, Vato and Stiopa because they're way bigger. And, and Scotland is a team that likes position and that likes to attack. Uh, you need players to intimidate them. You need players to go aggressively but smart, the way Stiopa and Vato are. Uh, that's the, probably a better way to neutralize Scotland. Then you save Andre Chalasher, that is a very much uh, smarter and uh, kind of shorter uh, style of CB that can intercept, that can run after a mark. That mm-hmm. is super smart when it comes to positioning and super uh, perceptive when it comes to build-up from the back. You play Andre and Vato against Ireland. Vato being, of course, a, the most complete kind of CB we have.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're saying so against, Ukraine, against Ukraine, you're going to be uh, the third match, you're going to be resting hot around. Could be, yeah. And bring Stiopa back with uh, Andre. With it Andre and then, too. Yeah. Because he's going to have to write. He's not key. I don't think he can play for 90 minutes in 10 days. No, definitely no not. And, and now that defensive line being addressed,
1: there's the deeper, bigger issue at hand, which is the game plan. Mm-hmm. You can't and, play UEFA Nations League B without a, a, D, a defensive mid. Yeah. And it doesn't get solved. Again, it doesn't get solved with one call up. It doesn't get solved with one individual. You need the starter and the sub and the backup. You need the Mm -hmm. a fit Grigorian if you are to consider him your first string and you need the Garem Muradian ready and fit and healthy for the jump for the second half or for the Mm -hmm. in case anything happens. And if Garen Muradian is your first string, you need someone as
0: a backup. I I think bottom line, we have been our intuition and our instinct during the squad races right. has been has been spot on. I mean, it's it's been it's been a bullseye. Um, we Sadly. said again, this squad more than good enough to beat Montenegro, not nearly good enough to beat Norway, and that's exactly what we saw.
1: Mhm. And and actually, I, if you think about it, we did defend with
0: the ball against Montenegro the way we said it would be. Exactly. So I think again we know what needs to be changed we've had a thorough discussion about this and when the national done. team when the national team squad gets announced a couple of weeks before the June 4th match so sometime in mid-May in about a month and a half we'll get the squad we will probably we will likely be able to tell right then and there whether or not we're getting relegated or not yeah and and as i always say as
1: i insist it can be done. It can be fixed because it has been done before. Do it again. It's simple. Look at what worked. Look at yep. what
0: didn't work, and do mm. what worked. That's up to the coaches now. I mean, we we and have at a, the FFA. we have uh, we have two months until the game against Scotland. We have two months of clubs playing at the of our players playing at the club level. Uh, we have potential champions that we may see. Uh, we have two months for our players that are abroad to stay fit and healthy. And then we have two months to see what domestic-based players are going to stand out. And hopefully we see a better squad um, mid-May, whenever it gets announced. But I think that's going to be it for today's discussion. Um I don't know what, what more there is that we could possibly contribute at this point because, unfortunately, our hands are tied. We can't really do anything. Uh, just um,
2: wishes to the uh, ladies' national team. They're going to be playing uh, this week for oh, the well, World yeah. Cup qualifiers. Yep. And uh, to the Armenia futsal national team as well. They're going to be playing for the World uh. Cup qualifiers.
1: The women's national team actually has a new uh, addition to the squad from Australia. So uh, that's actually, by the way, that's one of the players, Anna Tadevoce, was telling us about really looking forward to how they're going to line up.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, here's also some last minute news coming straight from uh, the best source in Italian football, Fabrizio Romano, who says that um, apparently... Uh, eh, AS no, Roma, eh, no, eh, no, 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 apparently uh, AS Roma is actually uh, offering an improved contract offer and are currently negotiating with Mkhitaryan's agent Mino Raiola uh, to have him stay in the capital. So we'll see what happens there and how that develops, but of course that's not going to affect the national team anymore, so... There's that. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. On behalf of chadens and Armen, uh, this has been Football Gentron. If you have not already, please go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all that jazz. Uh, go to our website, footballgentron.com, blogspot.com, something. Right, Chadence? What's the URL?
2: For our website?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Football Gentron.
2: I'm not even 100% sure
0: yeah i think it's word dart without wordpress.com um anyway yeah, oh yeah yeah share this episode um spread the news spread the good word uh and uh share we the will... clip
2: advertising our players yeah
0: please mm-hmm. do. they were there everywhere. and we will be back in a couple of weeks time as usual to provide further updates and news uh, on behalf of the boys here thank you for listening and goodbye